0: Come on, coming. We have a very exciting announcement for you because we are going to be coming at you live in New York City. The big apple. The windy apple. The city of,
1: of bright lights? I forget. Yes. The Tell city that more. never sleeps. Yeah. We are coming to New York. We're going to be at the Gramercy Theater uh, on July 8th show starts at 8 p.m. You can get your tickets at WineAndCrimePodcast.com. Be there or be square. You are listening to Wine and Crime. You sure are. (laughs) The podcast where three friends (laughs) chug (laughs) wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents and also make themselves cry laughing by Amanda just rolling across her office floor. We were were just just trying to start.
2: We were just trying to start. I can't stop crying. And a series of misfortunate events.
1: <laughs> yeah. A series of unfortunate historical <laughs> events has prevented us from recording for the last two hours.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> we were Evelyn starts. Hey, so okay.
0: Okay. This is an actual request from Evelyn's child. <laughs> Please. Heather. Heather, Heather. Ex-
1: exorcism. Please do something
0: to
2: appease your mom. Call her off.
0: Your like, mom's been sh-
2: fucking up our tech since we recorded that She's episode.
0: literally. She yes. needs
2: to chillax.
1: I'm getting scared. She's coming back as something dark and
0: unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> You're always on my, my mind. Ew. Oh, my God. Who are we? Oh, Oh, I'm Kenyan.
2: I'm Lucy.
3: Whatever.
1: I'm Amanda. Uh, (laughs) All right. We have a very special fan pick this week brought to you by fan picker Nelly, who might, you know, there's no way to know. Be Nelly. Be Nelly. Band-Aid Nelly. Could be. Could be Nelly. Do you want to go and take a ride with me? Well, Nellie did
0: Nelly. confirm
2: that their pronouns are she, her. So well, if, unless a lot has changed. Also Maybe. different
1: spelling. Maybe. You never know. I was going in a totally different direction. I was going. Uh, Furtado. In a. Furtada. Different, different direction. <laughs>
0: I'll oh. just go.
2: Nelly Furtada. Y'all. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Not Nellie Furtada. Y'all need. To be donating at the $5 a month tier in order to see Amanda literally rolling away from her desk. I'm stuck in
0: Phil's office because my office is once again being torn apart. And the floors are not even... No, and uh, our, our house is old and we didn't Wobbly. do what Zach did and bring marbles on all of our walkthroughs. Yeah. So, fools. And Bill doesn't have carpet in here because he beautifully restored the original hardwood. It's gorgeous. It looks
1: great, but it's but not.
0: But as even. a result, his fucking desk chair. Just, you
2: need like a wedge under
0: it the wheels. It will just roll away. It makes for a horrible bowling alley. It really does. <laughs> anyway, that's my explanation. All
1: right. Well, Nelly has selected the topic of fundy fuckery. Wait, as what in, direction
0: were you going in with the with the well, Nelly it's not, it's, not it's
1: not funny anymore. But I just need
0: I need it closed out. Okay. I need the closure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this. <laughs> It's really not funny anymore. let say it.
1: <laughs> the sidekick of the American Girl doll, Samantha.
3: No. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? It was that. That was the funny.
1: reference we were all gonna get. It's all about timing in comedy. I don't okay? think
2: it was about timing in this specific example. <laughs> I don't worked. think timing was the problem. Not okay. <laughs> it was the sidekick of Samantha <laughs> in the novels. In the
1: novelization novels. of the doll's life. Jesus Christ.
2: We have to keep going. I'll I can't Google get it. stuck on this. Don't <laughs> Google it.
1: Samantha's <laughs> I Nelly. Nelly.
2: Nellie has chosen the very <laughs> special fan pick of... <laughs> <laughs> Fundy fuckery. Fundy fuckery. We're going to be talking about fundamentalists. There it is. Yeah, there we go. religious folks.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh,
1: oh, this <laughs> this reminds me. Oh, God. We've been getting some listener feedback that y'all yes. are getting ads. Yes. weird ads. For Jesus when you listen to our podcast. And we want to let you know that we actually don't have control over a lot of the dynamically inserted ads on certain platforms, like certain platforms, just put their Do own it. ads in. We don't get any we're money from it. We're trying to figure it, it out. We mm-hmm. don't get a cut from it.
0: But we're not getting paid. But Jesus, right no. now, yeah.
1: <laughs> so we a pot like sorry. We also have no control over that unless we left that platform. So we're trying
0: to figure out how we can possibly rein that in. Right. It's a process. Thank you for letting us know. And it's not up to us. <laughs> we're, so, yeah. we're figuring it out. The only thing we can really control are the ads we're like reading in the episodes. Yeah. So we're yeah. trying to figure out how to rein in the back catalog like, stuff. If
1: Jesus wants to purchase a mid roll ad for us to read, <laughs> we'll <laughs> read
2: it. Jesus uh, is rich as a motherfucker. Yeah, I would we'll sell get ads. To it. Uh, Anyway, keep emailing us just so we're aware, but just know that we if didn't choose that.
0: We're trying to shut it down.
2: There's a 99% chance we were completely unawares, and it's not great.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a 100% chance we were completely unawares of ads for Jesus on our show. (laughs) Yeah. We had no, we did not pick that.
2: I don't like to leave room for error, Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. What's our wine crime
0: pairing? Jesus Christ. Oh, my Christ. God. I am. Jesus I, Christ. I, I've, I it's can't. communal communal wine. <gasps> that would have been good. Wafers. That would have been really good. <laughs> our amazing fan picker Nelly, not Furtado, not Nelly. Frittata. But the BFF of. Samantha Parker. Samantha. Got it. Recommended <gasps> a wine called Prayers of the Sinners. Ooh. And they have, like, two different ones. She specifically recommended the red blend, which was tragically not available at my total wine, Bloomington. Matt, Rude. get your head out of your ass. Rude. They do carry it. It just wasn't in stock. You could also order it from wine.com. So here are some great ways you can get it. This bottle has an amazing label. Okay? So, like, look this up. It also glows in the dark. Oh, Shut the fuck much up. Much like the Holy Spirit. Much like the Holy Spirit and the spooky little bitch crap Just, And the spooky little bitch uh, baseball caps. And
2: those baseball caps. Yeah.
0: So, quote, the glow in the dark label offers a dynamic consumer engagement without the need to download an app or use augmented reality. Ooh, like are
1: her- taking a dig at 19 At 19 times.
0: <laughs> so shady i was like let's go yeah oh, look at that I fucking sub-tweet. Love it. <laughs> get at us prayer wine prayer of the sinner both labels while different in the light reveal the same praying skeleton in the dark suggesting that whether you are a sinner or a saint you're all the same at the core ooh mm-hmm. so much shade This Washington State wine from St. Michelle Vineyards is a crowd pleasing blend of Syrah and Merlot. So it's 90% Syrah, which is 10% of Merlot. Okay, that is my jam. I know. You would love this. She's a fuller bodied bitch with flavors of dark fruit, cocoa, and earthy pepper. And if you're here for a juicy red that doesn't finish quite as dry or like lip smacking, like high tannin, this is your girl. It's that velvety smooth. Right. Mm -hmm. Get at it. She's 14.5% ABV and has a retail price of about 10 bucks, so you can really party with this bad bitch. Damn. Yeah. So thank you for this amazing recommendation. I have already reached out to Total Wine Bloomington, no joke. I s- use their contact us <laughs> <laughs> to ask them to if this would be coming back in stock and if they could alert me when it does because <laughs> I want it so bad. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I'm just drinking uh, some hibiscus raspberry sparkling water and took uh, a few hits off of my little my little oneie and I'm ready to crush. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Just drinking water. I'm so- just
0: whatever it's fine Well, we also are recording more at like between one and three in the afternoon yeah oh i'm three, completely uh, thc fueled at this point in yeah the day anyway. 3 p.m is like i can justify starting to drink but i have like stuff to do after recording yeah. when we start at one yeah i can't get Liddy as a titty anymore and i'm also
2: 35 no yeah you can't get Lydia's a titty if you have something to
0: do tomorrow. You, oh, you, right? Seriously. And I will have my godson tomorrow. So I don't want to die. Don't best. come for me. We're doing the best we can. Anyway. Made it our best, but like. <laughs>
1: we're, <laughs> we're doing it. We're, do-
0: we're I said the best we can, which what we can <laughs> and can't do is a
2: broad spectrum. I've had a lot of okay. coffee. <laughs> as long as we're like breaking the surface of normalcy, I it's a win. It's a W yeah. for me.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Take well, cheers. 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 And got Lucy. some water
2: and a string cheese again. Hello.
1: <laughs> what is our background and maybe psych for
2: fundy fuckery, girl? I got some psych for you today. Yes, because this is a psych-rich environment. Mm-hmm. Mm. So fundamentalism is a type of conservative religious movement characterized by the advocacy of strict conformity to sacred texts, scriptures, dogmas, or ideologies. The term indicates an unwavering attachment to a set of irreducible beliefs called the fundamentals, which we'll get to. There's five. There
0: are exactly five. I'm so glad you're explaining what fundamentalism is because I truly (laughs) had no idea. Yeah,
2: it's one of those terms that like, like you get what it implies, but not what it specifically means.
0: I always was just like, oh, fundamentalism is like a vibe. It's not like a specific thing. It's like a vibe. And when you you see it, 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 you fucking know. Like porn. Yeah. And I'll get
2: to it. You know what? We're just going to get to it. Okay.
0: Go get to it.
2: Once used exclusively to refer to American Protestants who insisted on the inerrancy of the Bible, meaning like everything from the Bible should be taken literally. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Even
1: the parts that super conflict with each other. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And even the parts about like the oft-quoted like you can't do like wool, cotton combinations in your clothing. Mm -hmm. Right. Whatever the fuck that was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that fundamentalism. Um, Okay, once used exclusively to refer to the American Protestants, the term fundamentalism was applied more broadly beginning in the late 20th century to a wide variety of religious movements. So, for example, fundamentalism, as we refer to it now, is not relegated to Christianity. But I do have a feeling that what we're talking about today revolves around Christianity for
1: the most part. The ism is... But so where the Christian
0: stuff comes but in. But the ist, <laughs> fundamentalists.
2: It's not even the ism. It's like the capital F or a lowercase f, and I'll get okay. to it. But there mm-hmm. are prominent Islamic, Hindu, Jewish, and Sikh fundamentalist sects, to name a few. Pretty much all major religions worldwide have similar
0: fundamentalist right. movements. Like a faction that takes the word of their holy book as literal Little fucking serious yeah yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. that makes sense to me and we definitely see that across yeah everything's of a spectrum religious cultures i mean yeah.
2: it's kind of a it's a form of a, extremism really sure
0: yeah
2: but like i said we should distinguish lowercase f fundamentalists mm-hmm. from capital f usages yep. okay. so fundamentalism lowercase f as a generic or worldwide phenomenon Versus capital F fundamentalism as a religious movement specific to Protestant culture in the United States in the late 19th century and early 20th centuries
0: and today mm-hmm. mm, 80s 90s and today yeah
2: well I, th- it kind of was founded during this time We're gonna and talk it, it about has, that a lot in my
1: section actually
2: it's developed quite a role yeah. into the early 21st century. So, to fundamentalists, it's crucial to identify one's in-group as well as their out-group, mm-hmm. emphasizing the idea of purity and a return to a previous ideal from which advocates
0: believe members have strayed. So, mm. they definitely lean more into the identifying the out-group <laughs> portion of that. Case. I mean, in like most fun- the Christian fundamentalism in general.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking of like Mormons or like LDS. Church members, they are constantly hearkening back to how things
0: used to be, how things should have been. Mm-hmm. True. I just mean like identifying the fucking Well that's sinners. the whole point is yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, gay, so you're going to hell. Yeah. You're gay and gay people didn't exist
2: before nineteen sixty seven. So mm-hmm. you're going to hell. Okay, so depending on the context, which I think we should put out here early on, the word fundamentalist can carry pejorative connotations, and frankly, for good fucking reason. Mm -hmm. So this is from Encyclopedia Britannica, quote, the significant negative connotations of the term fundamentalism, usually including bigotry, zealotry, militancy, extremism, and fanaticism, Mm -hmm. make it unsuitable as a category of scholarly analysis, according to some. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, some scholars have argued that the negative connotations of the term aptly characterize the nature of fundamentalist movements, many of which seek the violent overthrow of national governments and the imposition of particular forms of worship and religious codes of conduct in violation Mm -hmm. of widely recognized human rights to political self-determination and freedom of worship.
0: January 6th was just like a year ago, you guys. (laughs) Kind of too, but yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, uh, what the fuck is going (laughs) on? I'm just going to roll away again. But
2: (laughs) But like, yes, there are negative connotations in what we talk about when we talk about extremism, but you kind of have to understand that there are pretty fucking Reasons. valid
1: yeah yeah yep. you're not yep. we're not just shitting on people for being religious we're shitting yeah, I mean, on it's, it's types like of religious
2: people who are bigots there's a reason we know um, not all wisconsinites but wisconsin sucks. i also want <laughs> to avoid making sweeping statements about uh fundamentalists just because neither of you are particularly religious i'm not either but i grow I've grown up with a bunch of them, and I'm currently related to a lot of them, so let's just avoid painting with a super wide brush for reasons that's which I will get to.
1: That's what I'm saying. I'm saying we're not making fun of people for being Correct. religious. We're Correct. making fun of people who use their religion to perpetuate really harmful tropes on other And make people. a lot of
0: fucking money doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To which you are not related to- the guy who started the 700 club we'll so i'm actually not worried get to it about.
2: because i am related to a lot of evangelicals who oh. fall into this category which i will get to so again let's just hesitate on making really broad stroke assumptions that's okay. all i'm saying
1: okay i will say that
2: circling back to what you
1: said about like seeking the violent overthrow of national governments mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In my my case. Casual. (laughs) There's a lot of talk about a new army rising up Mm -hmm. to reclaim Christianity as their own and
2: then going on Fox News to talk about Talk about it. As with anything, fundamentalism, and I'm not here to defend fundamentalism because I don't think it's healthy. And again, we'll get to it. But. Fundamentalism bleeds into a lot of American Christian like ethos, yeah, mm-hmm. which does span between what we would call spectrum. good yeah. and bad. So we know, let's just we get it. We, yeah, we'll get we'll get to some of the the nuances gonna, in we're my gonna case. gonna get as to, well. okay. Yeah. So I'm just putting that out there right now.
0: My case is very specific, so I am not here to make broad generalizations in my case either. Okay.
2: So the foundation of modern American Christian fundamentalism can be traced back to a series of pamphlets written by brothers Milton and Lyman Stewart between the year 1910 and 1915, called "The Fundamentals: colon, A Testimony
0: to the Truth." Wow! In seven 19- years, seven years. Ah, by the way, or Bh mm-hmm. before Helen,
2: and before then. So, like in 1910, like when these pamphlets started coming out. The General Assembly of the Presbyterian Church identified what became known as the specific five fundamentals, and they are as follows. Number one. So a fundamental is biblical inspiration and the infallibility of scripture as a result of biblical inspiration. So it's Mm -hmm. the word of God, therefore it can't be wrong. So like people who are reading the Bible are inspired by the words of the Bible and that inspiration is infallible.
1: I thought it was the writers of the Bible are basically just like the vessel through which God spoke the words.
2: Yes. It's not up for interpretation. This is a literal God said this. This is what Mm -hmm. the Bible was written by. And this is what it
0: means. So this is how we're supposed to behave.
2: Yeah. Number two, the virgin birth of Jesus. Don't question her it happened. hymen.
0: You can get pregnant from a toilet Lyman seat. Lyman ain't questioning mm-hmm. the hymen. No? No, neither is Milton. <laughs> Ugh, can you imagine if your name was Milton or
1: Lyman? Milton ain't questioning the milf of... Geez, I got nothing. Ish.
0: Jeez. <laughs> Number
2: three, the belief... She got it from a hot tub. The belief that Christ's death was the atonement for sin. So Christ died for our sins. Yep. Truth number three. Truth number four, there was a bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ.
0: The cat came, came back rise. the very next day. The cat came back. The thought he was a goner. A few days later,
2: yes. That's a song. And number five, uh, the historical reality and the miracles of Jesus. So right. saying that he did heal heal the blind make the blind see, heal the lepers, walk on water, the fish and the wine, and blah, 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 blah. It all happened. It's a fact. Yes. Mm -hmm. These are things you don't question. Okay. So all of this was basically in response slash opposition to theological modernism, which as the higher criticism, quote unquote, of the Bible, involved the attempt to reconcile traditional Christian beliefs with modern science and historiography. So basically, people were saying, it's, it's the year 1900. We know about science. We know about the trajectory of history. It's mm-hmm. the 19s. we we got but this. Stop relying so heavily on the truths, quote unquote, that are laid out in the Bible. Right. And then there was a m- major. Backlash. Yeah, exactly. Yes. In 1920, the word fundamentalist was used in print by Curtis Lee Laws, editor of the Watchman Examiner, a Baptist newspaper. And he proposed that those Christians who were fighting for the fundamentals of the faith should be called fundamentalists. So he kind of came up with the term. And so this is another quote from my lover, Encyclopedia Britannica. Fundamentalists opposed the teaching of the theory of biological evolution in the public schools. And supported the temperance movement against the sale and consumption of intoxicating levels.
1: Yes, we will talk about that in my case as well.
2: Nevertheless, for much of the 20th century, Christian fundamentalism in the U.S. was not primarily a political movement. Indeed, from the late 1920s until the late 1970s, most Christian fundamentalists avoided the political arena, which they viewed as a sinful domain controlled by non-Christians.
0: Okay, go back to that. I know, right? You were spot on. Sounds great. Um, not really, because here
2: is my next (laughs) sentence.
1: Oh, god, damn it! Christian
2: fundamentalists, like evangelicals in general, and I'm going to get to the overlap between evangelicals and Christian fundamentalists because it's it's fairly intertwined.
1: And I definitely got it soups confused. But that's okay. Really? That's what your segment is for. Oh, I, yeah. I, I kind of went adjacent, I get,
0: turns out. I think there's probably also some crossover. Yeah.
2: There's a shitload of crossover, which is yeah. what I'm saying. But, okay. So they're not the same, but I'll get to it. But Christian fundamentalists, like evangelicals in general, Reserve the term Christian for those who have been born again by accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior, like, in adulthood. Mm -hmm. So it's not like Catholics where you get baptized as a baby and then you're a Catholic, then you're going to heaven, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, the aborted babies who won't go to heaven. Mm -hmm. But these are, like, as an adult or, like, after the
0: age of 12, I
2: think. I want to say 13. 12 13 14 somewhere in there like similar to the age of like catechism and catholicism yeah
0: 13 and in bar and lutherans you get you um, like
2: accept jesus as your lord and savior and then you can be called a
0: christian Mm -hmm. you and you can start taking fucking communion and shit
2: which is why they didn't see politics as inherently religious or christian because they just were they were the others
3: Mm-hmm. Back yeah. to
2: the in the in group and the out group, they were mm-hmm. the out group. Don't the Mormons have a term for non Mormons? Gentiles.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like something <laughs> cutesier than that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yes, they do. Mm-hmm.
2: A basic theme of Christian fundamentalism, especially in its early years, was the doctrine of separation. So, real Christians must remain separate from the impure and corrupt world of those who have not been born again. Okay. This passive apolitical attitude is linked to Christian fundamentalists, what they call pre-millennial eschatology. And we talked about eschatology kind of recently in our doomsday preppers. Eschatology is like the science of like the end days. Oh, Mm -hmm. right, right, right. Okay. So their belief that Jesus Christ would come back to initiate the millennium and defeat the Antichrist like around the year 2000.
0: Oh, my God. You so what happened any idea. So at the
2: end of the 20th century, people were like waiting. They were waiting, but they were also not making strong efforts into, like, fixing the state of society because mm. there is a popular fundamentalist expression, quote, why polish the brass on a sinking ship?
0: Wow. Mm. She was moving anyway. <laughs> she yeah. was moving anyway. <laughs>
2: So that means there's no real point in in spiritual or, mor- or or moral reform before Jesus Christ's return at the turn of the century. Alternatively, post-millennialists believe that spiritual and moral reform would lead to Christ's return, therefore encouraging political activism. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. So there's half
2: of them who are just like, "No, until we change society and change political He won't come back. Yeah. He's not going to come back. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Gross. Okay. In the late 20th century, the most influential and perhaps the most controversial study of fundamentalism was The Fundamentalism Project, which was written. It's a series of five volumes written between 1991 and 1995 by American scholars Martin E. Marty. Imagine if your name was Martin Marty. No wonder you went into academia. Marty, Marty. <laughs> it's a tough one. Was a smarty. And R. Scott Appleby. Martin, Marty, and Appleby viewed the fundamentalism primarily as the militant rejection of secular... Ma- Jesus, I can't say that. Se- secular. <laughs> secular modernity. Secular <laughs> modernity. They all cute. That fundamentalism is not just traditional religiosity, but an inherently political phenomenon. Oh, that's, Fuck you guys!
1: That's Marty Pants Marty. Marty
2: Marty. Oh my god. So this political dimension may sometimes be dormant. <laughs> Marty and Appleby also contended that fundamentalism is inherently totalitarian. (laughs) Totalitarian. Totalitarian. Totalitarian insofar as it seeks to remake all aspects of society and government on religious principles. Why do I feel
0: like I Grandma it. Lynn and yeah. my grandma Eileen having brunch with <laughs> this is It's inherently totalitarian. Having a battle of a Boston accent versus a Brook <laughs> like a Brooklyn accent. Yeah. I think the key is Salizarian. Salitz insafor.
2: It's a woman. Insiforman
1: It's really good. It's Christian. Christian, It's like a
0: warm blanket. <laughs> oh, it's gorgeous. It's so warm. It's a comforting, it's a warm hug. It's a comforting, it's a tight squeeze. It's a comforter. Mm. It's a
2: warm snug of religious principles. <laughs> Christian of evangelicals. Okay, so this is what I was getting to in, in terms of like evangelicals versus like, mm, you know, whatever the fuck we're talking about. Fundamentalism. Christian evangelicals who represented roughly a horrifying 25% of the US population at the start of the 21st century yeah. yikes mm-hmm. do not uniformly share all the views of fun- fundamentalists or the Christian right mm-hmm. although all Christian fundamentalists are evangelical many evangelicals are not fundamentalists so Mm -hmm. all rectangles are a square but all not squares are a rectangle Mm -hmm. right or whatever might be the opposite i don't fucking
0: know whatever that one is
2: all evangelicals believe that the bible is in some sense the inerrant word of god and that one has to accept jesus christ as one's lord and savior in order to be quote unquote saved
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: But many evangelicals, like the former president Jimmy
0: Carter,
2: <laughs> are religious the
0: peanut farmer. The peanut farmer Jimmy Carter,
2: my little peanut. Are religious liberals who take relatively less traditional positions on some of the issues that have enraged fundamentalists, such as I'm not attributing this to Jimmy Carter, but like their social issues are always like abortion gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Blah, 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 but like blah. I think
1: what it's saying here is that like Jimmy Carter is like there are branches of evangelicals who care about like providing charity to the poor and like mm-hmm. like social Correct. issues.
2: And fundamentalists yeah. are frequently on the opposite side of those social issues that they because they don't usually partake in like acutely political like Mm -hmm. specific you know bills that are on the table in their county or whatever they're just very very loud about like abortion and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. unlike fundamentalists for example many evangelicals accept the idea of women ministers so that's one of these examples from this article
0: so thank god they do because we get a gift like one of the people i'm talking about in my case oh i love gifts so here is
2: some psychology for us, and this is from Psychology Today, and I'm not going to say that this isn't really mm, radical, like, non-critical information, but I-, I thought it was sort of interesting. <laughs> I thought it was entertaining. Here we go. Uh,
0: okay. okay. I have no idea what you're talking <laughs> about. Well,
2: in moderation, it. religious and spiritual practices can be great for a person's life and mental well-being. But religious fundamentalism, which refers to the belief in the absolute authority of a religious text or leaders, is almost never good for an individual. Mm. This is primarily because fundamentalism discourages any logical reasoning or scientific evidence that challenges its scripture, making it inherently maladaptive. Yeah. Which I feel like sums it up aptly in itself, but this article goes on Hmm. like genes or gene complexes when an ideology is replicated or passed from one person or group to another it undergoes mutations totally this is where like the extremism
1: oh it's just it's
2: constantly
1: branching
2: right well yeah the whole purpose of this article and i tried to take out most references to it because it seemed kind of problematic but basically that religious ideology is a mental parasite mm-hmm. that spreads that it oh, that it attaches to the brain it only survives because of the servitude of its host it doesn't give a shit about the well-being of its host it right. just gives a shit about the spreading to other hosts
0: that's actually a
2: pretty you told us not
1: to have hot takes, mm. but look at mm. you, psychology, I'm, today. I'm
2: saying it's, it was a really kind of radical article, and I tried to neutralize it a little bit, but it did make sense, so I'm just going to,
0: here we go. Lucy tells us not to paint with a wide brush. Lucy. <laughs> Christianity
1: equals cordyceps.
0: Any questions?
1: No, I next. took a lot of it out.
2: <laughs> I took a lot of it out because it was kind of insane. Here we go. Undergoes mutations. As a consequence, different versions of that belief system are produced, which generate different types of behavior. As such, there are often good – I'm saying good and bad variants, very loosely – of any given religion. For instance, there are moderate versions of Christianity and Islam that promote qualities like a sense of community and a moral code that fosters ethical behavior –
3: Mm-hmm.
1: These
2: ideas can be beneficial to the religious practicing individual, aka the host. Mm-hmm.
1: You can be extremely devout and like, you yes. know, not not mix fibers and not drink alcohol and absolutely whatever and live your life that way and be a wonderful charitable human being at the same time. It's just yeah. mm-hmm. becomes a problem when you focus more on following the rules and, who isn't
2: following the rules versus just Your like in-group and your out-group yes, and your purity and blah, blah, blah. And that's what yeah. they focus on. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at the same time, there are harmful variants of Islam and Christianity and literally any other religion on the face of the planet, yeah. specifically the rigid fundamentalist versions that cause the host, again, host- the host mind to process information in a biased way think irrationally and become delusional so
0: if they just took more of a not a witch but you do you mentality
2: mm-hmm. we could all be chill mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so like i said this article is amazing after this the, the author talks about parasitic manipulation by a hairworm infecting the brain of a grasshopper in order to, to do its bidding yeah like the cordyceps yeah it just yeah. infects the brain. It turns the host into a a robot that a just does its, the parasite's bidding. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point of evangelism: is evangelizing is spreading mm-hmm. the belief. Well, right. that is the point of this article that I was trying not to say so acutely because it's not not offensive. But yes, that is what this article is if saying. Pe-
1: I mean, if people, I. Look, I evangelize my beliefs.
2: Mm-hmm. You're not an evangelist, though, is no, what I'm saying. No, but what
1: I'm saying, like, the, so they believe what they believe, and they evangelize it. They they want others to believe it, too, and hear about it and have that spread yeah. in society. Mm-hmm. And I do the same thing with, with my beliefs. The difference with, is I'm right. With Casper
0: <laughs> <the> Mattress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thousand percent. Cool. I'm 100% with you on this.
2: Point proven. Okay, let's move on. In much the same way, Christian fundamentalism is a parasitic ideology that inserts itself into human brains, commanding individuals to act and think in a certain way, a rigid way that is intolerant to competing ideas. So we already know that religious fundamentalism is strongly correlated with what psychologists and neuroscientists call "quote magical thinking," which refers to making connections between actions and events when no such connections actually exist in reality. I'd like to thank God for winning this Oscar. Yeah, (laughs) this super (laughs) ball. Exactly. (laughs) Without magical thinking, the religion cannot survive, nor can it replicate itself. Another cognitive impairment we see in those with extreme religious views is a greater reliance on intuitive rather than reflective or analytic thought, which frequently leads to incorrect assumptions since intuition is often deceiving or overly simplistic. So I feel really strongly about X, Y, Z. And because it's true for me, it's true across the board.
1: We'll kind of mm-hmm. get to that with uh, vaccine skepticism. In my case, mm-hmm. it's kind of the yeah. same thing of like, okay, so why would you want to make yourself sick? Mm-hmm. Here's like, the the read, last read anything. Just the read. last part
2: links directly to that. So we know that in the United States, Christian fundamentalism is linked to science denial. Mm-hmm. And since science is nothing more than a method of determining truth using empirical measurements and hypothesis testing, denial of science equates to the denial of objective truth and ch- tangible evidence. Mm-hmm. In other words, the denial of reality. Not only does fundamentalism promote delusional thinking, it also discourages followers from exposing themselves to any different ideas, which acts to protect the delusions that are essential. To the ideology, and that's just it's a snake eating its own tail. Race
0: theory and all this shit, where it's like if you're if a person don't say gay, don't say gay, Mm -hmm. don't like they're trying to in they're trying to introduce bills where young girls can't talk about their periods periods. at school unless unless they have to submit information about their periods
1: in order to compete in sports. Right, pretty soon girls and and any won't be allowed to compete in sports period because they won't be able to talk about their periods because Mm -hmm. we have to be
0: fucking homophobic and misogynistic and... I mean, it's just so rooted to, like, this, the way that we're seeing it manifest and the way that we have seen it manifest in the past, it's so rooted in white supremacy where it's like... You think about... Or pseudo-supremacy because...
2: I mean, what what it's really rooted in is upholding the status quo, whatever that status quo is, which is some sort of supremacy, male, Mm -hmm. the patriarchy, the white supremacy, all that stuff. It yeah. is not questioning the current state of affairs. Mm hmm. Mm
0: hmm. That's just, it freaks me out.
2: Mm-hmm. The, the discouraging followers from exposing
1: themselves to different ideas part, mm-hmm. because. Scary. That's the part that is the scariest part. hmm. And when legislation is introduced to try to enforce those blinders on mm-hmm. the whole society. Mm-hmm. like we cannot let that shit stand it's yeah. fucking dangerous it's, it's not terrifying. a
0: joke it's terrifying because it's, it's ultimately saying it's fascism. Well, and it, it, it is fascism and in this like the way that we're particularly seeing it play out right now as it has played out before is like i have this distinct white male experience and that doesn't represent the entirety by any means of the United States or even like whatever constituency that particular white male is and in, for example. And hearing the perspective of anyone but me is It's going to get damaging. shut down because it can't exist. There's no way it can exist because I, I don't have that expect- that perspective and my perspective is the right one.
1: And here, so we're going to shut even,
0: down It's not every even other my
2: one. perspective. It's the perspective of my specific religious text, right. which isn't actually fascism. It's totalitarianism. Or maybe some combination of those right. two. But right. it's not we're your all, own but, personal viewpoints. It's
0: yes, these we're previously it,
2: established bullshit
0: texts. We're seeing it play out in this very fascist way. Mm-hmm. And it's very. It's being buffy, scary.
2: used for fascist ends. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: It's really fucking scary.
2: Anyway, mm-hmm. that's the background of um fundamentalism.
0: Wow. All right. I think we'll get a
2: lot of pushback. I think we've probably
1: uh made ourselves pretty clear who's mm-hmm. listening, but we'll see. If you pushback. I you mean,
2: have have push Lucy back. has Lucy Tried also to keep has us like, on the middle road here.
0: Lucy's got Catholic trauma that she still has to navigate in right. Catholic family. We Luke Kenny and I do not have that uh, yeah, at sure. all. So. I'm trying
2: to keep us I'm trying to keep us closer to the, as away from extremism as possible. (laughs) Well,
1: quick word from our sponsors, and uh, then we'll get to my case. Let's do it.
0: Care Of is a subscription service that ships high-quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. Tell us more, Kenyon.
1: One of my favorite self-care rituals is something that I do every day and it is taking my care of vitamins and supplements. I feel like such a wellness girl. Um, it's just something nice that I can do for myself and for my body and my just everyday health. And Care Of makes it easy to take care of you. They recognize that everyday wellness is different for everyone. So you can take a short, in-depth quiz. We love a good quiz about wow. your lifestyle and health goals. And then you will get personalized, doctor-backed recommendations. It just takes the guesswork out of what supplements are best suited for you. And if you've been a long-time Care Of uh, fan like I have, You know, it doesn't hurt to just take that quiz again every season or or every year and, uh, you know, just check in with your vitamin game and make sure that you're getting what you need as the seasons turn.
0: Yeah, you never know what you might
1: need. I also love that Care Of's daily vitamin packs are made with plant-based compostable film to help limit the impact on the environment without compromising the quality and safety of their products. I mean, come on!
0: I love it. So for 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code GALS50. That's G-A-L-S-5-0. One more time, for 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code GALS50 and treat your wellness. Treat
1: it. All right. So I also have a little bit of background in my case because I went a little bit earlier then the technically fundamentalist train. Mm. There is quite a lot of background. <laughs> There's a lot to cover. And so I guess technically I these are even, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I didn't know until your segment. So now I know. Okay. Asbury University is a private Christian university that is part of the Wesleyan holiness movement. So again, this requires kind of its own little Deep dive because Protestantism, especially in America, is like a fucking mess and it just, it all like branches out and there are t- a million tentacles and there are a lot of names. So, A million
2: testicles, got it. A million <laughs> testicles. Did I say testicles? <laughs> no, you said tentacles. Okay. No. Gaslight her. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ.
1: So the holiness movement came out of a period called the Second Great Awakening, and this was a religious. Oh, rev- I remember my
2: Second Great Awakening. Am I right? I remember my Second Hole, <laughs> oh my <God. laughs>
1: which was a religious revivalist movement <laughs> for myriad Protestant sex, sex, sex. <laughs> mm-hmm. Take that in. In the United States throughout the 19th century, scholars believe that there have been four waves or great awakenings of ramped up religious enthusiasm in this country between the early 18th and late 20th century. (laughs) In each awakening, you will find widespread, often populist revivals led by Protestant ministers. So this is like the tents and the... Mm -hmm. Road the trip boxes and, and the, the Elvis the yeah. sitting and sweating and fans mm-hmm. and all that stuff. <sighs> a jump in religious enthusiasm, evangelizing around the idea that Christian believers can become free of sin and achieve a new birth or be born again through the power of the Holy Spirit or like the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit talking to one uh, mm-hmm. directly. Foundings and formations of new denominations, like every five seconds, usually with <laughs> like really long and complicated names, like Church of Lord Jesus with signs following. <laughs> That's a real one. Or uh, the Church of uh, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Ever heard of it? Mm-hmm.
2: With signs yeah. following? We'll get to
1: the signs. Love that movie. Yeah. The Church of Lord that Jesus with signs following. Cool. Cool. Okay, so holiness, Rolls after that's ten. just like one, that was just one egregious example. That was just one
0: egregious example. It's a rough one.
1: Holiness groups in particular believe that they should apply the lifestyle described in the scripture to their daily lives, so most denominations do not allow smoking, drinking, dancing, unless
2: oh, they're well, like, call like, Kevin Bacon. Exactly. There Get goes me my Kevin. social life. Get Kevin on the, the, horn, says- <laughs> on the blower. <laughs> the church
0: says I can't participate in any activities where balls fly at my nose.
2: Get Kevin at the non musical
0: horn. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to inappropriate or
1: worldly music or wearing makeup mm. or flashy clothes.
0: <laughs> so, our Alanis Morse ca- cassettes would have been confiscated. Yeah, I am Rollquo. We ways are quite worldly. <laughs>
1: So the Second Great Awakening started in the late 1700s and continued through the 1850s. As awakenings go, though, this was an especially (laughs) fun one because it featured a lot of, like, hellfire and damnation preaching. A lot of... Probably. We'll get to the snakes. (gasps) A lot of public (laughs) professing of sins and desire for salvation. It's very much like a a proclaim. Yeah. a lot of public-facing... You're not like tucking yourself into a confessional booth, or whatever. You're like mm-hmm. s- standing and proclaiming your public sins. Shaming. Public it's a shaming. Public shaming.
2: Yeah, I
1: love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's a little bit of the like cultural revolution type of
2: thing. Mm-hmm. So,
1: for example, a Presbyterian minister named Charles Finney popularized the idea of the anxious Mr. Finney. Mr. Finney. Who apparently was like a swinger with his wife. He had like an open marriage with his wife, that actor. Obsessed. Anyway, he had
2: an extra thumb. Of course he was a swinger. <laughs> Wait, what? He did? Mr. Finney, our sixth grade math teacher. Different. Okay. Oh, I was talking no. about Mr. Feeney from Boy
1: we, Meets World. Oh, I, was
2: I also was talking about Mr. Mr. Finney from Boy Meets World.
1: Mr. Finney,
0: our Mr. Finney had an Mr. extra Finney. thumb. Yes, yeah, I did. Okay. Wow, but I was like, how did I miss that? Of I watched he was Boy a Meets swinger. World. <laughs> he had an extra thought. This is a plot
2: twist of Boy Meets World. The thought. Doesn't mean fucking anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a mess. God. Wow. That was
1: weird. <laughs> okay. All right. This this an all Extra thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Finney was a swing. Wait. <laughs> ah.
2: Mr. had an Wait, extra Wait, which thumb? one was the swinger? Shit. The, real, the real guy from Boy
0: Meets World. The real actor. Oh, the
2: actor. Oh, oh actor. my God. I'm all <laughs> fucked up. You guys wonder why I can't keep actors straight? It's because of shit like this.
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Anyway. This is the most unhinged fucking episode
2: yeah, yeah, this Next is worse than
0: wild boars. <laughs>
3: okay, so
1: this
2: Presbyterian minister, <laughs> not sixth grade math teacher from MMW, nor swinger, or, as far as I know, or, or notorious <laughs>
0: swinger, Mister Feeney
1: nor boy meets world actor, this 19th century Presbyterian minister, (laughs) Charles. Let's just call him Charles. Got it, Charlie. (laughs) It's
2: like, what the fuck did I get myself into? (laughs) Popularize
1: the idea of the anxious bench. And this is where individuals who are especially worried about their sins could sit closest to the pulpit as a public display of their piety slash wickedness
0: pull the most vulnerable up to the front, please. Yeah. Most vulnerable up to it's the like front. like you thought you were the, the worst, seat. <laughs> come collect your snake. You were the guiltiest you sat by
1: the front. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and to be, like, prayed over and stuff. No. Yeah. And you didn't have to, like, necessarily say, but if you're sitting there, people know you did They're something. assuming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. you, you need, done You need the word again. Yeah. The word so. again. If you're sitting up front, you're looking for the word again. <laughs> so, some more outlandish
1: practices also popped up during these revivals, such as snake handling and poison drinking. Oof! The basis for this practice is the Bible passage Luke ten nineteen, which says, "Quote." Ever heard of it? <laughs> Ever heard of it. <laughs> she pauses.
0: <laughs> As if we were going <laughs> to chime in. I always oh love Luke 10, 19. Luke 10, yeah. 19. Yes, 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 yes. A classic, a classic. Yeah. Vintage Luke 10, 19.
1: <laughs> Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So the idea is that if God, if you believe enough in God... Like, if you, you believe snakes the, scorpies, then the snakes
2: won't sting you. The snakes can't sting you, and the scorpions won't sting you. Right. I, I yeah. heard what I said, and I just went with it. And it's I fine. said what I heard. It's fine. The snakes <laughs> won't sting you. I saved <laughs> the snakes, never stung me.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, uh, the, or the poison that you drink won't hurt you, like whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, but if you, so then it's your own <laughs> moral failing if you
0: do get hurt because it means you didn't right. believe Right. That's on you bitch. We pray yeah. and you didn't believe. It's right. <laughs> on you. Take your snake's sting and leave.
2: It's very
1: much, uh, if she floats, she's a witch.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Type thing. So this, so if you die from the venom here, that's, not holy. yeah, if it, Ooh, you oops. didn't you didn't believe in it. Okay, yeah.
1: And on Wednesdays we wear pink. So um, mm. this was especially popular <laughs> around Appalachia, but has since spread worldwide. And there were lots of little sex like this in South Africa, actually. And they had to like the government had to like crack down on the snake handling and the poison drinking.
0: Like, you can have your religion, can we cool it with the snakes <laughs> yeah. and the poison? Yeah. There's gotta be a happy medium here. <laughs> we
2: need boundaries, <laughs> yeah. people. Yeah.
1: So, the Second Great Awakening also witnessed a surge in free black churches around the country, but segregation was deep, and despite overlaps in religious beliefs, there was basically no interaction between the the black churches and the mm-hmm. white churches, even though they're all part of this same movement. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that segregation still exists today, although in some places it is changing and actually in my case like it was surprisingly diverse racially. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Uh sure. So um some offshoots yeah. with it. <laughs> no like obviously diverse is it's good, <laughs> but like it sucks that like they're all crazy. So anyway, <laughs> some offshoots within the holiness movement focused more on social issues including temperance, abolition of slavery, so we finally have a good one, and women's rights. For example, Harriet Beecher Stowe's father was a congregationalist preacher and an abolitionist and he was also a big like temperance dude. And Sojourner Truth, the the mm-hmm. former slave who became a prominent abolitionist and women's yeah. rights activist. Used her religious beliefs to advocate for the equal treatment of all people. So, like, some people within this movement got it and mm. used their religious feeling for good. And I would some say.
0: didn't. Misunderstood the yeah. assignment. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but one really common thread between all these different groups was the hosting of revivals. Oh, I love
0: a good revival. So, this is making me want to watch what's that movie? Oh, brother, where art thou? That, but there's another one. I don't know. There's a lot. Anyway, it's making me want to watch a specific movie that I'm too high to remember cool. the name of. I yeah. feel like uh, the um, geek, 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 geek love. Geek love. It, Very similar themes, but it with, like, wasn't religious the the revivalists, the revivalists,
2: but it was like circus revivalists and yeah. that, yeah. like. Sunk in way more to me than any other, like religious. I don't know. Mm. It was like the same vibe. There are definitely, I was also getting
1: that same vibe writing my notes of like the whole like circuit traveling. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, freak show, quote unquote. There is something within this movement called the circuit. Mm. There we go. Interesting. So, ticket. We will get to circuit. it. Okay. So during revivals, there would be preaching, singing, calls for repentance, sometimes even speaking in tongues. Fun. uh. Mm. You know, like shaking, all that stuff. Popular revivals could kind of turn into ragers. And sometimes these would last for many days and they would draw in even bigger crowds from neighboring communities because like word would spread. And this was like entertainment you know like it was Mm -hmm. like something exciting to do and be a part of yeah
2: yeah the circus is in town yeah anything is in town Mm -hmm. the church is in town yeah Mm -hmm. and there would be like like, there
1: was like advertising, like, the revival is coming on the like this weekend, like, be there. I can just
0: imagine the like Shen Yun billboards yeah. for these revivals <laughs> Christianity before, before communism, before, Ch- <laughs> before Jimmy Carter. <laughs>
2: Ever wondered what your country would be before trickle-down economics?
1: (laughs) Christianity before Carter. I want that Shen Yun billboard. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So like any other large-scale pop-up event, this form of evangelizing required a lot of organization in advance. The Methodists had a really efficient system using circuit riders. And these were clergy Mm -hmm. who were assigned to travel around to key places and build rapport with locals over, like, several visits. So they would, like, you know, come every few months and, like, build up that relationship. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: They have relationships, light. They're, like, networkers more, Mm because it was more about initially, like, building a rapport with, like, the local church leaders so that they would They're the first LinkedIn. Yeah, be invited back. Christian Mingle. Yeah, so (laughs) they would choose people to be those circuit riders who were like very personable, very charismatic. Sometimes that they would like assign them to a specific community because they would share something in common with that community or with those pre-existing church leaders. And then they could like Mm. build a personal relationship and then be invited back to preach and be like sponsored by that church to host a revival. It's
2: like way more grassroots... Yeah. A networking situation. It's like
1: a shoe salesman, like a door-to-door salesman. Mm -hmm. Religion salesman. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of these groups traveled through what has become known as the Bible Belt. Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, Ohio. And interestingly, many small liberal arts colleges were founded in this area during this time as part of this movement And some have retained their religious foundations, but others have just kind of kept them in name only and have become way more secular. Mm -hmm. So this case, Asbury University in Kentucky, not secular, still very much Christian and part of this whole holiness shebang. Mm -hmm. So fast forward to present day, uh, Asbury University, excuse me, Asbury, I'm going to fuck that up a million times.
0: Ass.
1: Asbury University is located in Wilmore, Kentucky, a town not far from Lexington, with a population of just under six thousand people. So, a cute little, quaint little small town. Mm-hmm. Asbury today, uh, the university has about sixteen hundred students, so it's kind of the same size as my small liberal arts college, mm-hmm. which I think was Presbyterian when it was founded. So, like, the university makes up a big portion of this town. Mm-hmm. It was founded in 1890, which is technically the third Great Awakening, but whatever. It takes, it takes <laughs> stuff a while to catch up in Wilmore, Kentucky. <laughs>
0: so, good Lord. I thought they were a FedEx hub. <laughs> you were just telling me that. Louisville is a UPS hub. Got
1: it. Get great fresh... They were just a FedEx hub. We get fresh frozen You were just... Road.
0: Bragging about your hub, and now you're saying <laughs> y'all are super behind. Well,
1: Willmore, the Jessamine County is, and we will get to it.
0: Okay. okay. So
1: their Wikipedia page for Asbury University has some notable alumni, but I didn't recognize fucking any of them. <laughs>
0: Literally, never heard of them.
1: So. There was one person named Jessica Ditto, who was a deputy director of communications. Ditto.
3: (laughs) For the Trump White House.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Not an academic powerhouse. Mm. Uh, And in February 2023, so literally last month. Nope. Asbury no. was home to a good old fashioned holiness revival, y'all. Oh, no. So, what is notable and frightening about this particular revival is that it developed organically
0: like just like
1: what? spontaneously no one traveled there
0: to do it they were all just hanging out and just started on their own I don't want own. anything to develop organically Mm-mm. oh no
1: and it was largely <laughs> attended by Gen Zers so it was a very uh, very, very young crowd yes lord wow. this is a Christian university everyone who goes Get there back on wants TikTok, to guys. be in a explicitly Christian community and they're okay, they're yeah. university students, so they're mostly like eighteen to twenty one or twenty two, whatever. Well, they can make their wow. own decisions.
2: Yeah, so it's a mostly young decisions
1: population Ugh. to start out with. And at this university, I don't know if it's mandatory or whatever, but people attend church services three times a week.
0: It's definitely mandatory. Yeah.
1: So they're just it starts at just one of their regular church services that week and as it develops they have like so many people try to get in that they had to create a separate line for people under 25 to get in because they wanted to like they wanted to like give younger folks
2: the
0: first the first dibs to get in (gasps) for the better like camera footage well, well, probably because if you infect the young, yeah. they're going to carry it on to They'll their the well, babies, yeah, lives, like, their families. Yeah, we can't pretend that like
1: optics did not
2: play a role in
1: this. Optics either. did play a role, and we will get to it. But I think it was more about like the like the, 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 the youth, youth and Ooh, this is we, a youth movement. Yeah, we mm, got yeah. we got front row tickets. Yeah, yay us! So, student body president Allison Perfeter... Told Fox News fascist and used moist towelette Tucker Carlson <laughs> in an interview on February 8th, uh, tw- or in an interview that on February 8th, 2023, a handful of students stayed behind after a regular church service because one student wanted to confess some of his sins. So one kid wanted to, like, be in the hot seat on the anxious bench. Ugh.
0: I accidentally looked at a porn. Yeah.
1: Exactly. I need to hold a snake. I boofed and I laughed it.
2: Just go into like a
1: confessional
2: booth like Catholics do. It's way less embarrassing. Well,
1: that's not what that's they. not one, how they yeah, do. No, they want it to be embarrassing. It's disgusting. It's mind it's control and behavior control. It's mm-hmm. a cult, it's cultish. Yeah, to bring shame. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. So.
1: so this one guy wanted to confess his sin, so he stayed late. And then a bunch of other kids were like, we will stay late with you and hear your sins and pray yeah, over we'll you. Yeah, we'll bear and- witness. Yeah, exactly. Hand you the snakes. So um, it was then that, according to Perfeter... Quote, the atmosphere <laughs> We changed. at least
2: have to s- leave the snake handler with you, honestly. so a safety <laughs> Someone thing. Someone has to I stay I mean, this was just a regular Wednesday
1: service. I normally only bring the snakes to Sunday
0: service. I'm going to... S- I, I can't don't have... I, I legally my...
2: cannot leave the snake with you overnight. <laughs> I can't have
0: Petco calling me again <laughs> with complaints about how I treated the snake. I'm snakes. on
2: my last leg here. This
0: is my last snake. <laughs> I don't know if my <laughs> snake guy
1: is available on Wednesdays. They've <laughs> <I've confiscated laughs>
2: Hated all my other serpents. Uh,
1: we have poison. Okay. No. I, as far How as about I know, the poison. Th- as far as I know, there were no snakes, but people's health was at risk, and we will get that to it. Sex. <laughs> okay. So students stayed in the auditorium for the rest of that night and the next day because they were just so whipped up into a frenzy about this guy's sins. <laughs> some I'm moving on. Some people set We're up not. coffee and food in the auditorium because now they've saved baby mice for 36 hours. <laughs> At this point, there are about 50 people. Okay, I'm moving F- on. 50 people, baby mice, Let's and they've go. got coffee and bars in the auditorium oh, for whoever. Help
0: yourself to some coffee and bars
1: <laughs> and some suet. So then news of the gathering starts to spread on social media, especially TikTok (laughs) Uh under the tag Asbury Revival. There are videos.
2: Snick talk. Now
1: we're off to the
2: races. Got it.
1: (laughs) Oh,
0: yeah, this is happening now. The whole world can see it. Four days in, the
1: auditorium starts to get pretty crowded. Oh, no. By day six, There was overflow with thousands of people waiting outside for a chance to get in, all wanting to sing and worship together. And then sometimes the outdoor crowds were all singing together and whatever. No. They like, but no. Yeah. Some people flew (laughs) in from, I think the farthest Mm. one I saw flew in from um, Los Angeles, Canada. Wow. For – to be a part of the revival, communal revival, yeah, it was you know, yeah, it was, that's it. God that's... was at work. They could feel the Holy Spirit, you know. Mm.
2: Expedia could sense the Holy Spirit.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Expedia <laughs> Let's go up. There's
1: <laughs> an Uber surge <laughs> charge to get to the fucking <laughs> campus.
2: That was the Lord's work. Yeah. He needs you to pay it, regardless. <laughs> so, like at this point,
1: whatever you want to go and like drink. Bad coffee and sing together for a week straight. I don't care. Like, yeah, live your life. Yeah. Like, whatever. But it does sound like there was a particular undertone to this event. You
0: don't sing. So
1: according <laughs> to, again, the, the student body president who went on Tucker fucking Carlson, she ecstatically called the group a, quote, young army rising to claim Christianity as their own. Cool. There we go.
2: As the like As the young
1: zone? Young members of the holiness movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kinda like how like life and generations. Oh happen. my god, my phone has been listening to me and typing all of this into an epically oh. long text to my friend Celia. Oh Great.
2: send it. We don't have to dictate this episode. Right? Transcribe oh, Kenyan's my portion God. of this episode. How long does it go back for? Where did it start? Months? Hours? Months. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the top of my case. No. <laughs> it starts with, all right, I have a little bit of background in my case. Stop! (laughs) This is hysterical. Okay, send it. Upload it. Don't
0: follow up. I'm. I'm not. (laughs) She's gonna be way too confused.
1: Okay, your phone's always listening. So is God.
0: Okay. (laughs) Don't you forget it.
2: (laughs) He is listening. Jehovah. Oh my God! I didn't even tell you guys. This morning, I was awoken to a a ring at the doorbell. No. Nine in the morning. Yes, no. I was still sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I didn't. That's. A I thought it was ungodly hour. I thought it was an important delivery that I had to sign for. So I just like f- felt my way to the front door without my glasses and opened it, and it was two women, no, in hats, uh-uh. <laughs> no, no, who asked me if I had accepted Jesus into my heart.
0: Did you scream, and then they, no, bitch, and slammed the door? I said, what? And then they <laughs> handed me a, a
2: pamphlet to religious. What? Uh, it was a religious service of a, for a birthday party for Jesus Christ. Or no, not a birthday party. Like A, a little like early. a, like a resu- March. Like a resurrection oh, party. Okay. No, yeah, it's, it's Easter almost thing. Easter. Oh, wow. yeah. I was going by, she said birthday. It was a I resurrection know, know. thing I- for Jesus. And I was just so rebirth. Disheveled and I and didn't have my glasses. I was probably really close to them just trying to see them. What? And I was like, "Okay, thanks." And they were like, "Have a good day." And I was like, "I got to go." <laughs> Shut the door. <laughs> Noes Mormon? Noes Mormon? <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, she's
2: rolling away again.
1: She's rolling, rolling.
2: away. She's rolling.
0: Okay. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. What?
1: Okay. <laughs> so the army rising up, claiming Christianity. Et right. right.
0: Whatever. Yada, yada, So yada.
1: now this fucking revival has gone totally viral and not wanting to miss out on the action. Other revivals start popping up at similar schools around the country, including mm-hmm. Samford University in Alabama, Lee University in Tennessee, and Baylor University in Texas. Did any of them win the
2: NCAA championship that you could tell? I think (laughs) Baylor is pretty good, actually. I don't know. Okay. Okay.
0: I've heard of that one, so. Like,
2: I care. (laughs) I asked ironically.
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) So organizers had to work to keep the event peaceful and stop a number of, quote, controversial charismatics from seizing the microphone.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Well, that is the specific instruction I'm giving my wedding planner. (laughs) Controversial (laughs) charismatics.
1: No circumstances Circumstances. to allow any controversial Controversial charismatics. charismatics. There will be several who will try. My
0: entire guest list is controversial charismatics. Okay,
1: so they're trying to keep the charismatics from seizing the mic.
3: Mm. (laughs) Much like
1: much like Amanda's poor DJ at her wedding.
0: So, I'll put her I'm going to put her in like a bulletproof. I already want chamber. to send her
2: an apology like fruit basket.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're going to be <laughs> She's
1: getting a well lot. paid. <laughs> doesn't oh. mean
2: she doesn't deserve a fruit basket
1: after this. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Where can we send our pre I'm sorry, edible arrangements? <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll set you up with her Edible contact Edible Arrangement <laughs> was the word I was looking for.
1: Yes. There okay, yeah. so one such uh, charismatic was a street preacher who was wearing a t-shirt condemning, quote, gay sex and had a... P- uh, not being gay, just the sex part. And was shouting at students about perversion. Mm. I don't think you're
2: gay until you have gay sex, though, right? Well, you can have impure thoughts. Hmm. According oh, to, to them, this- though.
0: Okay, I, I was like... Uh, did you think these were my words? Come on. I, for a second, was like, the fuck are you asking second, right now? she saw her Our whole birds, career mammals? flash
2: before her
1: eyes. Yeah,
0: I was like, uh,
2: That was the quietest you've ever been. I went dark. <laughs> I got
1: a little scared. Okay. Ooh. Another person, Todd Bentley, who once claimed that God told him to heal a woman by- sl- With his penis- By Uh slapping her in the face. Oh. Yep. And a man. (laughs) Okay, Todd Bentley. Yeah, Todd, of course. And a man named Greg Locke, who became famous by tweeting about how he defied COVID-19 mandates, and that will become relevant.
0: Mm. He
1: spelled defiled wrong. (laughs) So many popular (laughs) church leaders attended or streamed uh, into the revival. Many were part of the larger group but did not take the stage. Tucker Carlson wanted to attend the revival in person, but was turned down,
2: <laughs> and he, he he
1: had to like reframe Sorry, the narrative on his is too show. Outrageous.
2: And he said, <laughs> "quote We got a
1: call from Asbury University asking us not to come. They like <laughs> our show. The whole university, they like mm. our show." But the ongoing service at Asbury is purely spiritual. It's got nothing Mm. to do with politics or business. Mm. And we understood that. In fact, we deeply respected it. Mm. God bless them for turning us down.
2: Mm. Oh, Mm. my Mm.
1: God.
2: It was was God's will to turn you down, Tucker Tucker. Carlson. Mm.
1: Tucker and Todd,
2: BFFs. Mm. Fucker Carlson. (laughs)
1: So in the end, the revival lasted for sixteen days. Yikes! No, and an, I am exhausted
0: at the thought. And an
1: estimated fifty to seventy thousand people came from all over the country to be part of it. Did this to happen get COVID recently? Together last month? Uh, yeah, I you, saw this
0: is a wild. Video of
2: this, yes, yeah. Not,
0: I was. I'm clearly not uh, on that side of TikTok. Perpetual.
2: Yeah, everyone's. The whole just for sixteen days,
1: feeling it. just pumping it. It's like a like a rave. Yeah, yeah, wow. so they're feeling it. So Asbury University decided to end the revival after they were quote burnt out by the large numbers of attendees. So basically, burnt like <laughs> like the people in it. Like when you're in it, you can't just be like the adrenaline's going. Yeah, you can't just be like oh, I I I you know, let's pack it in, guys. I'm tapping out. Yeah, you know, so like when you're in, or- it, you can just
2: be like, well, I gotta go.
1: So the people outside of it, who were like organizing the lines and the parking and the coffee Ooh. and bars, were
2: like,
0: uh, "What a nightmare!" We're done.
2: The now lighting, enough. the music,
0: the the sound system. Yeah, honestly, it sounds like the creators of Fire Festival should have connected with these guys because they know how to keep it. They, they kept them. it together the, yeah, for these, a They kept total it. pop up sixteen days. No
1: resources.
0: Let's go. So,
1: also, this is a town of 6,000 people and they had
2: 70,000 people there. They were overrun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there were a bunch of buses from different
0: religious schools like bussing in. Yep. Can you imagine if you were, are just there as a normal You're, person? There are no normal people there.
1: Hmm, but, like probably. in Wilmore, Kentucky, there's got to be a couple normals. But maybe. maybe. Yeah.
2: I don't but know. then they're excited that people are going to their cafe and buying pancakes. Yeah, I do. On their it. way if that out. If many people of town,
0: descended on my small town, I would barricade yeah. my house.
1: So, as it turns out, one of those 70,000 attendees was an unvaccinated person who later tested positive. One.
2: okay. For
1: <laughs> the
0: measles. No. <laughs> oh, no. <gasps> Oh, that's a bad who one. has been bad unvaccinated
2: one. since like 1970? That's ridiculous.
1: Wow. So during the 2023 Asbury revival, a resident of Jessamine County attended the revival sometime on either February 17th or 18th. The person who remains unnamed for their privacy did, did not have okay. symptoms at the time, so didn't know mm-hmm. they were sick. Knew that they were unvaccinated, like of anything. Mm-hmm. But according to the CDC, they were contagious, and that's because it's the measles, and you can be hella contagious before you- well, show showing yes. symptoms. Oh, God. And measles is super fucking contagious. 90% of people who don't have immunity, either through vaccination or, or exposure to the disease yet, will get it.
2: 90% of people will become- Wow. Addicted. But aren't most people these days? <laughs> I say this really loosely in this context, but like, right. yes, most vaccinated. people are vaccinated, right? But remember, this is a giant group of. Yes, like, I know that. Deeply, but like, so what, it's a
0: different like, situation.
2: What percentage of these? So it's a little vaccinated.
1: hard to nail down th- this population. Uh, we're about to get to it. So a little bit more about measles first, and then we'll get to the the vaccination rates. Pad that case, girl. Measles can stay in the air for up to two hours and still be That's contagious. Way too fucking long. And it's just like you know, the little aerosols, the little droplets, just floating around for two hours. And these are people packed into an auditorium for days and nights on end, singing well, and chanting and waving and touching singing. each other. They're getting their
0: free measles with their gator bats, dollar ninety nine. Fucking yikes! Bargain so, measles.
1: The disease.
0: Bargain measles. Go to the measles ban. This is Costco level measles.
1: So the disease kills an estimated 200,000 people a year, mostly children, because you have to be like a certain age to get the MMR vaccine. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So most people in this country will get the MMR vaccination before they reach kindergarten. And it's like required for a a lot of schools, but there are ways around it. Mm -hmm. which is why measles is not as big of a problem as it used to be. And we don't even really like think about it much anymore. But unfortunately, Kentucky kindergartners have one of the lowest vaccination rates in the country because there are fucking religious exemptions that you can Mm -hmm. claim. So you don't have to get your kid vaccinated. Right. So a statement was put out to anyone who attended the revival on February 18th that they were exposed to the measles and the number of people who were exposed could be as many as 20,000.
0: Holy shit.
1: Um, And the health officials urged participants in the revival to call their doctors and to isolate if they develop symptoms and they set up a Mm -hmm. clinic and all this stuff. But like,
0: oh, now they're going to trust scientists. Yeah.
1: As far as I know, like this happened a month ago and- I feel like by now we would have heard if... If a bunch of people Yeah, and they haven't. But a month ago it was in the news as like, this revival could be a super spreader event for fucking
0: measles. Measles, which is so weird. Like, what is this, 1917? What the fuck is going on? But if you're vaccinated,
2: you aren't going to get it. Right. You might not be vaccinated because of an underlying health condition. Right?
0: Or religious exemption. Right.
2: Yeah, but if we're we're counting... I'm talking about the people who chose not to be vaccinated and are putting other people in danger.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. They can. Yeah. I mean, basically, like, babies and other people who haven't been vaccinated yet or just... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And a lot of people... Like, you can... You're not necessarily going to die of measles. Like, a lot of Mm -hmm. people catch it and if they're otherwise like healthy their immune system can fight it off and it's you know it's not great but then they're fine mm-hmm.
2: yeah but the same thing with like covid and stuff like the, those
1: right. aren't
0: the
2: people we're really worried about
1: right yeah it's the vulnerable populations mm-hmm. like exactly. the elderly and
0: babies right exactly
1: so as far as we know i don't think <sighs> anyone died as a result of like this particular exposure but like it was a close fucking call mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A poll in 2021 showed that 40% of white evangelicals refused the COVID vaccine, Mm -hmm. but it's possible that there were higher rates in this group of people who had the MMR vaccine because of just like their age. And I feel like the increase in vaccine skepticism has happened more recently. Mm -hmm. So it could be that a lot of these like 18 to 20 year olds were protected against the measles. Right. But they might not be twenty years from now, mm-hmm. and so yeah, that's I. That's my case. There's some other stuff, Dang. but this has already been a long episode.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tucker Carlson sucks. Disturbing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very disturbing. Love that he got fucking uninvited to the rave, yeah, though, the Jesus rave. Isn't that's that amazing. Yeah, that's super fun. Let's hope nobody dies.
1: <laughs> I think we're out of the woods for that, but. Cool. You
2: never know.
0: Wow. Knock on month um, Don't love that.
2: Well, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor, shall we? Let's do let's it. Let's do
0: it. Are you ready for my case? No. Kenyon is literally being milk. Milking myself right now. (laughs) We are in such different places in our lives than we were when we started this in 2017. We sure are. Can you believe? God, what a time to be alive. Anyway. First of all, I cannot believe Kenyon passed up an opportunity to talk about the fan pickers recommended case because
1: <laughs> Tammy Faye Baker. I know. I've been, I've been Tammy Faye for Halloween. So yeah. many
0: Halloweens. Yeah. I feel truly blessed. Yeah. And second of all, I was absolutely thinking fundy meant like trust fund and not <laughs> fundamentalist. So I went into the fan pick very confused. <laughs> fund. I opened it up and I was like, oh, wow, is Jim Baker like a trust fund kid? Like that tracks like this. I guess this makes it out. Oh, got it. 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 Yeah. Well, whatever. I'm crushing it. It's fine. It clicked. It clicked. I didn't like do the wrong. Yeah. It just took a second. It just took me a second. So let's meet the Bakers. Mm -hmm. Absolute icons, but like kind of bad ones. Jim Orson Baker Mm -hmm. is a televangelist here in the United States. Who started the PTL Club cable TV program <laughs> and the PTL satellite network? And if you were like me and had no idea what PTL stood for, it means praise the Lord. Did you guys see the movie
1: with, I think, Jessica Chastain? And- oh, so mm. good. And the
0: fourth. Yep, being Tammy Faye or whatever one, it is.
2: Not Topher Gray. For the eyes of. It's not. Yeah. Through the eyes of Tammy Faye. Whatever it's
0: called.
2: No, it's not Topher Grace. Jake it's not Jake Gyllenhaal. No, it's the other one. The face, the Facebook Zendaya. Nope, not. It's not what? Tom Holland. That's also Zendaya is also a woman. <gasps> you know what I meant, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Hey, I'm, uh,
0: <laughs> I'm going to. <laughs>
2: You what didn't sound- know either. <laughs> Mr. Finney no, was a swinger. Don't act like you knew. He had a fifth thumb. Andrew Garfield Wait. has a sixth thumb. thumb. Six has thumb. a sex thumb? Sex thumb? That's how he participates in his swinging. <laughs> <laughs> Of I'm not a swinger. a swinger he has an Next extra thing. thumb,
0: thumb is a, is a I'm swinger.
2: not a swinger I my never, thumb is a swinger I never
0: know where she's gonna end up any hey. port in a storm am I right let me <laughs> hitch your eye any
2: port there, in storm. a storm
0: there ain't a warm hole my second thumb hasn't met <laughs> okay so it uh, gives new meaning to thumb and Garfield. Got it. <laughs> uh, Andrew Grace. Andrew Grace. <laughs> Jim Baker ran his holy operations with his wife, Tammy Faye, by his side. Oh. And if you have never seen photos of Tammy Faye Baker, run, don't <laughs> walk to the blog. I could honestly look at photos of Tammy Faye Baker for, like, 20 hours a day and never no. get sick of it. Mm. Also, I find it funny that the Christian nationalist, like, Republican crowd is so up in arms about drag right now because <laughs> it's really anti-trans yeah. bullshit. But they would have followed fucking Tammy Faye Baker into the dark for yeah. sure. It's like, your girl's a drag it's queen, the, y'all. Yeah, it's the same. Same aesthetic. Corporate wants you to find the fo- the difference between <laughs> Tammy Faye Baker and Trixie Mattel. Yeah. They are the same photo. They're the same photo. Yeah. Like, and relaxed. Ivy Winters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Certainly of the two Bakers, Tammy Faye is definitely the better one. She was born Tammy Faye Lavallee in International Files, Minnesota. God oh, bless. To Pentecostal preachers Rachel Minnie and Carl Oliver LaValley, none of these names sound real.
1: Carl <laughs>
0: Oliver. Now Carl Oliver Carl. And, Rachel Min- and Rachel Minnie, or Rural Gerald and Rachel Minnie LaValley. Carl Oliver. Lip- Minnie of LaValley. <laughs> now I'm not saying that Tammy Faye is not problematic and that she wasn't complicit in a lot of shit, including shit that we're gonna go over. But it is very much worth noting that during her career, she really got flack for from her Fundy community, for her advocacy for LGBTQ rights, and for reaching out to HIV/AIDS patients at the height of the AIDS epidemic. So in 1985, Tammy Faye was the first person to broadcast an open conversation with someone living with HIV/AIDS mm-hmm. on her PTL show called Tammy Faye's House Party.. Mm-hmm. I know she's from Minnesota, but she's just always going to have a Southern accent to me. Which was a huge moment in TV history, as well as a bit of like a core rocking to the fundies that loved her. Mm -hmm. And this is a quote from ABC News. Though the live conversation contained questions that may sound insensitive to modern audiences, because it was in 1985, such as sex-related inquiries on how Mr. Peters, the person she was interviewing, knew that he was gay, but the 24-minute exchange was a watershed interview complete with waterworks from its host, her which signature. like she was famous for her signature, her run mascara. And she said in this interview, how sad that we as Christians who are to be the salt of the earth, who are supposed to be able to love everyone are afraid so badly of an AIDS patient that we will not go up and put our arm around them and tell them that we care. Faye beseeched to her 20 million viewers this message that like it was okay to embrace and Hog love and persons. care for. Well, yeah, oh. I mean this was like the people. She was the Princess Diana of the fungi. Really the community. She really was. She really was. And I, I'm not here to give a full biography of the eccentric makeup legend and gay icon Tammy Faye Baker and honor bestowed upon her by a post mortem by RuPaul. But if you want to know more about her from her, she released three autobiographies during her lifetime. I Gotta Be Me in 1978, She's got Tammy Telling It My Way in 1996, and I Will Survive and You Will Too in 2003. But she did die in 2007, <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so no reprint.
2: Well, she did survive was... through the time. I mean, that she everybody said has to die.
0: Well, right, but, but such- and I, I obviously I haven't read "I Will Survive" and you will too, but I think that was a book that she wrote, kind of as a response to her. I think she, her like 1998 or 99 cancer diagnosis, mm-hmm. and so she died in 2007 after this like long and pretty grueling battle with. Also, cancer.
1: weren't they like canceled within the fundamental? Like they went
0: through some shit because we'll they get to it. Some shit. We'll yeah. get to it because that's what this right, whole case right, right. is about. So don't yeah. you worry. In her final interview with Larry King, Tammy Faye, who was sixty-five at the time, said, "Quote: When we lost everything, it was the gay people that came to my rescue, and I will always love them for that." She stuck it out with the gays, and to honor her legacy, Elton John wrote a musical called Tammy Faye and, like, memorialized that groundbreaking interview and told kind of her side of the story. And this has been. I don't know if it's currently running now, but it was running last year in London and it sold out like every night. What? Apparently it was like fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Googling it. In her final interview with Larry King, Tammy Faye, who was 65 at the time, said, quote, when we lost everything, it was the gay people that came to my rescue. And I will always love them for that. She stuck it out with the gays and to honor her legacy, Elton John wrote a musical called Tammy Faye and like memorialized that groundbreaking interview and told kind of her side of the story. And this has been I don't know if it's currently running now, but it was running last year in (sighs) London. It sold out like every night. Apparently, it was like fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Tammy Faye was literally working as a waitress in a department store restaurant which side note i feel like those used to be really popular and have gone out of fashion but like for our younger listeners this was very much a thing up until like the late 90s and i remember what a treat it was to dine at the like Dayton's I restaurant was just going to fucking Mall. say the
2: Dayton's restaurant at the yes Southdale
0: yeah. And, like, w- before Byerly's and Lund's just became Luns Byerly's, Byerly's also had a restaurant. My grandma would take me to that restaurant all the that time. That was in the grocery store. It's really,
2: like, high class. I feel like there were um, yes. uh, macarons and, like, yes. little tiny little muffins and, like, cute little... Uh, tea, tea, yeah, but it was sandwiches. also like a
0: sit-down restaurant. Yeah, yeah, but it was like, like legit. Inc- it
2: was like before you go shopping, ladies who mm-hmm. lunch or after a little, a little, snack. a little bite.
0: Yeah, yeah. These were like legit restaurants in the store, mm-hmm. not just in mm-hmm. the mall. It wasn't like your Applebee's that at the Dayton's mall, y'all. At the be- at the entrance of Dayton's. epic. That's where Absolutely. it was. Yes, and it had like this like gilded mm-hmm. frame around the door. Anyway, yep. we love that restaurant. Yeah, so that. Took me back to a specific place Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. time. Anyway, these two literally wed on April Fool's Day of 1961, April 1st. And the joke was on us because together they built some of the strongest heavenly grifts of all time. Mm. So about five years into their marriage, the two started working with another notorious fundamentalist jagweed named Pat Robertson. (laughs) Who will be forever burned in your memory if you, like me, were an anxious child in the late 90s, early 2000s, who would fall asleep with your little combination TV and VCR, tuned into ABC mm-hmm. Family, and then be shocked awake in the middle of the night to the fucking the 700 Club, Club program and see Pat Robinson's ghoulish face praying aggressively mm-hmm. at you from your 12 Which I screen. also feel like played at the same time
2: as, um, what was that old lady... Ruth, that old lady who, like, lady? Who, oh, Dr. Who, Ruth? like Dr. Ruth, sex advice. Doctor Yeah, Ruth. Dr. Ruth. Yeah. She was, like, on an adjacent channel at the same fucking
0: time. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember bouncing back and so forth. So maybe you think you're getting Dr. Ruth, but you're accidentally getting Dr. Pat Robinson. When you're
2: 13 Robert Pattinson. and raised as a Catholic, it's kind mm-hmm. of the same thing.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I did, I think I labeled it this way. I, I can't remember now, but I did put a photo of him on the drive labeled Pat Robinson or Robertson jump scare. <laughs> yes. I meant, whatever. I hate him. So. Jim and Tammy Faye are working at Pat's Christian Broadcasting Network, CBN, but this was Smile Peanuts then, and they were all just getting into the televangelism game, and it really hadn't taken off yet. The Bakers had lots of ideas, meaning Tammy Faye had lots of ideas that the Bakers, quote-unquote, as a brand, took fucking credit Mm -hmm, for, that contributed to the growth of the network, including targeting children with a kids' variety show called Come On Over!, that featured creepy puppet routines preaching the word of the Lord. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Robert was thrilled with the success of Come On Over, or sorry, Pat Roberts, Robinson, whatever. <laughs> I've said his name 10 different times in this paragraph, and this is the only place he shows up. You're an alien. Really <laughs> whatever. Was fi- was thrilled with the success of Come On Over, and as a reward, gave Jim Baker, a hosting gig on the 700 Club, which like didn't last super long, but it did kind of launch him into stardom. And in 1972, he left CBN thinking he could go on to like bigger and better things and briefly joined forces to found the Trinity Broadcasting Network in California. But Jim and co-founder Paul Crouch, which I could only read as Paul Crouch, Mm -hmm. had a falling out after about eight months and Jim went off on his own to start PTL, Price the Lord with Tammy Faye. So that's kind of how they ended up having their own network, their own company, and started like fucking owning the televangelism mm-hmm. game. They left California and built PTL headquarter headquarters and called it Heritage Village in Fort Mill, South Carolina. This place was the hub of their ministry. It had studios, worship spaces, offices, places for people to stay. Like it. Had the whole kitten and caboodle. PTL was continuing to grow at an incredible rate with viewership by the late 70s in the hundreds of thousands, bringing in an estimated million dollars a week Jeez. in contributions to the ministry. A week? A week. In contributions? So I to, yeah. That's not even like and they earnings. are a religious organization. No, it's contributions uh. through their TV network, people calling in and giving them money. Yeah. So... That's like 1975 ish. So I went to Time Money Converter. If they're raking in that kind of cash around 1975, that's the equivalent of about $5.6 million today. Jesus
1: Christ. Yeah. We are in the wrong game, people. Also,
2: are contributions
1: like tax deductible
0: too? No. No. Yes. Everything is. Yeah. It's a, oh, 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 the people. Sorry, the people that are making the contributions are absolutely tax deductible, and they can take this money in tax. Exactly. That's, so what, saying, that's what. That's what I meant. A, tax exempt. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It, it deductible and oh, exempt. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. So they were like, "Shit, we should do something epic with all this cash," and they decided to expand the Heritage Village headquarters into. Drum roll, please. Heritage USA, a Christian amusement park in Fort Mill, South Carolina.
1: Wow. I realized that it, the show is based on this, but it's uh, the the Danny McBride show. Yeah. What's oh, the Righteous Gemstones. Yep. The Righteous Gemstones. The Righteous Stones Gemstones. partially yeah. based on this, mm-hmm. like the, mm-hmm. the amusement totally park is. and the whole South Carolina thing. Yeah.
2: Every yep. mega church is based on that. Er, yeah. Pretty that much. That show is based on every mega church. Yeah.
3: Mm hmm.
2: But this isn't even a mega church. This is all televangelism. So that's TV. what yeah. I mean. It's a it's yeah. the yeah. perversion of uh right. modern religion.
0: Yeah. So this park was opened in 1978 and marketed itself as Christian Disneyland. <laughs> and for a time was the third most profitable theme park in the United States. Yeah. There's a Christian this theme place? park in Kentucky still.
1: It's, it's sure? uh Noah's Ark. Life size. Oh, the Noah's, Noah's Ark. Ark. Yeah. I wanna, I wanna go, go to, to that, that one low, too. Kind of. Next time you guys visit, we should mm-hmm. go. Yeah. There's a
2: really cool and accurate movie. exhibit on um dinosaurs oh. that I really wanna see mm-hmm. and like learn okay. from. In in the Ark? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, like before the Ark. Like dinosaurs were yep. created like like what, six hundred years ago and
0: like like six days before yeah. the Ark and then they made it onto the Ark. Etc. Cool. Yeah.
2: It. It's really educational. And I'm I wanna go learn a bunch. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Me too. So this place, Heritage Village or whatever it was fucking called, was a fucking behemoth. So allow me to read the description from Wikipedia. Heritage USA opened in 1978, and by 1986 it had attracted nearly six million visitors annually. And employed around 2,500 oh people. Oh my god. The it was huge. The facilities included the 501 room Heritage Grand Hotel, the attraction Main Street USA, which is like their Epcot, like they're drinking around the world, whatever, an indoor shopping complex, the Heritage Village Church. So there probably was like a bit of a mega church mm-hmm. on this compound. The upper room. I don't know what that is. Probably some kind of suite. It's exactly or what it sounds space. like, Amanda. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm sorry. It's an, it's an upper room. A 400 unit campground, the Jerusalem amphitheater, conference facilities, a king's castle, a skating rink, prayer and counseling services, cable television production studios, Bible and evangelism school, visitor retreat housing, staff and volunteer housing. Timeshares, and the Heritage Island Water Park and Recreational Facility. Wow. Is that yep. it? That's it? That's it. Oh, Just cash. All holy water. So, mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They bless it every morning while they're checking the chlorine on those little mm. strips. So it was the third largest theme park by attendance with an average of about 4.9 million visitors per year. And that like ramped up a bunch in the l- early mm-hmm. 80s. And then it all kind of fell apart, which we'll get to. They sold memberships to Heritage USA like a timeshare, which if folks listening or either of you don't watch Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, A, please start. It's so fucking good. And he just did an episode on timeshares mm-hmm. and how insanely predatory yeah. they are. And, like, I knew that, but didn't know how bad it was. They're I can't so get bad into it all right there's now. There's
1: an industry to help people get out of
0: them. That is how well, bad yeah, they yeah, but are. even... But even that industry is corrupt in a lot of ways. Like John Oliver goes into (laughs) all of that. It's really, it's really, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. So I can't get into it right now, but like selling a membership similarly to a timeshare is very fucking sketchy. It's a scammy move and they know it. They fucking Mm -hmm. know it. So they would sell these lifetime, like basically unbreakable or very hard to break memberships Mm -hmm that would run guests thousands of dollars and hundreds of thousands of people are buying these memberships. And then with a the membership, you'd get some perks quote unquote, like free services upon the visit mm. and a whole three nets a year for free at the hotel for thousands. Three th- For like a minimum cost of a membership is like a thousand dollars. And then people would get them for like their whole family, Ugh. three nets a year. So that, again, like I said, they were selling these memberships by the thousands and going way over their capacity to accommodate it's gym the perks memberships, of membership. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, their capacity to actually have these guests come and use their membership was so overloaded that like barely anybody got to even use. Yeah, it's always booked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So folks were not even getting the perks that they paid thousands of dollars for and membership and attendance started to reflect this reality. So folks were getting in some cases, getting legal assistance to back out of the contracts because they were so ridiculous. And the park was facing serious financial trouble. And let's also remember that this is a theme park built into a Christian ministry. So for a lot of the time, the money they were making off of this park was tax-exempt as well as, as well everything as the, else. Like on top of the contributions and the ad
1: revenue and whatever.
0: Yeah. Everything they're making on TV. That is so yeah. fucked up. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's really fucked. It's hundreds... It's hundreds of millions of dollars in the '70s and '80s. It's so much. It's an unfathomable taxing, amount of money. Just institutions, like we if, if you're, if the amount, or at least over a certain yeah, the amount, amount they that they you spend
1: for like actual charity should be
2: tax exempt. Fine, but yeah. like, well, and e- even the IRS don't was, act like you're spending. a a million dollars a year on like a week uh, a week outreach like whatever it is yeah it can't even be a million dollars a year for a regular church but even if you're
1: spending that money to build facilities or whatever that should be taxed you're not not. that's not you're not yeah
0: like well they are building facilities but just not for like improving the lives of of the public or the you know whatever you're not I mean, they literally are. they built this theme park. But anyway, the money that they were making off of this park, like I said, tax exempt. But like karma, meaning the IRS, comes for them because the IRS is like, this is too much. Like, this is not a church. You built a fucking theme park. This is a business. Mm -hmm. We're revoking your tax exempt Mm -hmm. status, at least on this project. And they were it at a time where they were making the most money, which was 126 million dollars a year from from the theme park, just the theme park.
2: The theme park that is in theory outreach for
0: Christianity, whatever.
2: Right. For sure. Again, yeah,
0: yeah. You're not. They're making 126 million dollars no, a fuck year. Fuck
1: you. We're in the wrong. So then they had to business. go. I want to make 126
0: million dollars a year. I, know. I mean, who doesn't? But also, it's like that's an Start evil a religion to be making. It is but, yeah. evil. Start yeah. a religion. Yeah. Yeah, we should. We're doing it. This We're is a tax exempt now. Yeah, we declare it. I didn't say it, I, de- I declared declare it. I
2: declare tax exemption. Tax exemption. <laughs> Done. Then
0: You're welcome. So, so all this shit is starting to crumble. The the, the money side is getting not good. Mm. Then a public bomb drops in 1987 when a woman named Jessica Hahn comes forward with horrific allegations. Jessica is a model and actress, but before she was in the public eye, she was working as a church secretary for Jim Baker when she was 21 years old. She came forward in 1987 to finally share her story. And according to her, on December 6th, 1980, Jim Baker and another PTL employee and preacher, John Wesley Fletcher, drugged Jessica and raped her.
2: Oh, oh God. Yep. My.
0: Yep. Afterward they paid her two hundred and seventy nine thousand dollars, which is almost seven hundred thousand in today's money, which isn't a small amount of money, but they were making like two hundred million dollars a year in fucking water. Right. And also that money came from like
1: little grandmas tuning in and sending in their like social social security checks.
2: Some social
1: security
0: PVC bullshit. Seven hundred club crap. So they paid her this two hundred seventy nine grant to keep her quiet like Stormy about it Daniels-ed and she did her they did they did she's the victim. and she did stay quiet for 7 years but then came forward i mean yeah it's a bribe not an nda so she just inevitably right. was like fuck this fuck this guy so the funds used to pay her off were as you predicted taken from ptl and as a result of her coming forward an entire set of secret books that jim baker was keeping was discovered like mm the Chicago- the charlotte observer like their reporters went all in on investigating this guy and they helped uncover a lot of this stuff and these secret books accounted for a multitude of quote accounting irregularities mm-hmm. so they were like bookkeeping like f- books yep
2: yeah yeah, yeah. he was he was he kept two different sets books. of books don't yeah I know what, G- yeah, this. A cooked what set. kind of books he were talking about <laughs> and,
0: yeah he so he kept a cooked set and then the set that he would submit to the government for taxes And so they found, like, fraud, embezzlement, payoffs, tax evasion, all kinds of shit in this, like, creepy, clandestine record that he was keeping. Mm -hmm. So the Charlotte Observer jumped on the story and published multiple articles about their shady finances. And this, coupled with Jessica's bravery in coming forward, led to Jim Baker's resignation from PTL. In a really fucking weird stunt to, I guess, distract... From all of this and make it look like Jim had planned to resign all along and that his exit had nothing to do with the mounting, quote unquote, false allegations that people were making against him. They hosted this really weird fundraiser where once they hit their goal of $20 million, they could like pay off the government. Televangelist Jerry Falwell. Audacious
2: fucking fundraiser, sir. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they
0: did it. They raised it's the disgusting. money. Oh my God. They raised oh, the money God, because
2: God, you know, God. Mm-hmm.
0: The incentive was that this other televangelist friend of theirs, Jerry Falwell, would quote plunge down a 163 foot hellish water slide called the Typhoon wearing a suit fulfilling a promise made during the fundraising drive and yes there are photos Wait, the blog, what? Drive. wait what, wait. what? <laughs> so they were like once we reach it was reach- like a like a pie throwing con- or like a dunking one teacher Yep. yup once we reach 20 million dollars I will put on a suit and go down this scary water Jerry slide oh we will go down a water slide on TV oh my And there's he a YouTube video of it. Yeah, he did it. They Kept
2: reached the goal. He wore yep. a three-piece suit. suit?
0: No, I think it's just flapping a little in the wind on his descent. Uh, yeah. there
2: is a there are pants and a shirt and a suit
0: co- coat. Yes, but that's not that's what a three-piece a suit is. A three-piece suit has a vest or like some side sort of regardless, other element to it underneath. regardless, it's the fucking but Yes. Stupid. He's in a suit. yes.
2: Yeah, I don't care if it's a two-piece suit or a three-piece suit. He (laughs) went down in a fucking suit. He looks like a fucking idiot.
0: Yeah, he does. It's this is so insane. And then like they reach their goal and then announce that Jim is stepping down and Jerry is taking over. So it's like this Mm -hmm. whole Jerry sliding in to the role. Yep, Jerry's (laughs) sliding in to take over. What a dick. So, uh, this is a super bizarre money making stunt to pay off some of PTL's debts to the IRS. And announced the transfer of PTL to Jerry Falwell. And Jim claimed that he did this to quote avoid what he called a hostile takeover of the television ministry by people threatening to expose a sexual encounter that he admitted to having seven years earlier with Church Secretary Jessica. Oh, Hahn. So he's like
1: I, I am a sinner. I did no, no, no.
2: I did
0: Why have sexual the,
1: relations the, with that woman, but I didn't drug
0: exactly. and rape. Sounds like the
2: last season of um, Succession too. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't Canyon watched it. Has. Yet, but I know it's on my list. Right? Yeah. Right? right?
2: Yes. Am I crazy? Yeah.
1: Well, it's the same. Yeah. Cruises and theme parks and and sexual assault.
0: Yes. And money. There it is. No, it's more And It all circles back. And fall guys. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So Jim had claimed and continues to claim, as, as you said, that the encounter was consensual and his only sin was cheating on his wife. Mm-hmm. But this weird water park stunt was kind of the last hurrah for uh, Heritage USA, and the park closed in 1989 after Hurricane Hugo, like was the nail in the coffin because this added a fuck ton of property damage to their already mounting debts and tarnished public image, and like people backing out of their memberships, like it was over. the The ownership of this l- compound has changed hands many times. That shit got really confusing to me, and I don't right. care. So I don't know what the fuck that yeah. l- area is being used for now doesn't matter. So Jim now had to face the music but unfortunately not for raping Jessica Hahn. He didn't have to go to no, trial or he? be he wasn't charged with any for- of that. So no, she came but-
1: forward but there was what like a statute of
0: limitations or she didn't have enough evidence to take it to trial. I think it was Just a
2: silence silencing
0: no, I think I think it was uh, not enough evidence slash of mm-hmm. limitations, and I fully believe her. But I think she also just slash t- finally came cetera. forward and told her story, right. yeah, right. and was like, "I'm not going to go up against right all of this. It's fucking not worth it."
2: Yeah, it's not even fair for us to speculate what those reasonings were because there is so much. So right, there's a million, million reasons stacked why, but- against her testimony. I, ju- I just place. I just meant it didn't go to trial. Okay, no, it didn't. It didn't.
0: But he did go to trial for all of the financial shit. Like, you don't fuck with the IRS and, you know, whatever at this, you know, at this level. So in 1989, he was found guilty on 24 counts of mail and wire fraud and sentenced to 45 years at the Federal Medical Center in Rochester, Minnesota. So like a local. It's like, yeah, very local. (laughs) Definitely like a. The Federal Medical Center. No, it's not like a super high security situation because he wasn't considered like dangerous, but this is, it's essentially like a medical Mm -hmm. prison. He also had to pay a $500,000 fine, which is like nothing. That man was making a million dollars a week for a hot minute, so like what the fuck? Yeah, why are the fines never in line with? Not even close, not even close, but the fine only has to reflect what he owed to the government is really what it is. And hopefully there was like restitution to like, the victims of the fraud and some of them got well, their money I I believe yeah, so.
2: I would not count on it.
0: <laughs> I mean, I do think that that was included in, in his fine and he certainly had and still has the finances to pay it. So I would assume that that was taken from him without, I don't think he really had a choice in right. the matter. Like even if you don't have the money to pay it, say you like go to jail and you're forced to pay this fine. Like your, your, uh, checks are, what is it called? Yeah. Um, just automatically withdrawn from by the right. by the government. Yeah, that's only that's Garn, only if the ju- your wages only are if the judge determines that, though. So sure. But this judge also hated this guy. So I have a feeling that got paid. I'm sure this is confirmable. I just that's not an important part of the story right now. But that was what he was charged. So he was hit super hard in this trial over the Heritage USA memberships. Those like shady fucking mm-hmm. memberships. So from Wikipedia, quote, according to the prosecution at Baker's fraud trial, tens of thousands of memberships were sold, but only one 500 room hotel was ever mm-hmm. finished. Baker sold exclusive partnerships with exceeded capacity, raising more than twice the money needed to build the hotel. So he's like lying and saying, oh, once we sell all these, we can we'll you know, build memberships, more whatever, we'll build more yeah, room, they but they... They never did, and he way overquoted what these hotels would would have cost if he had mm-hmm. even built them. Classic. Much of the money paid to Heritage USA's operating expenses, and Baker kept three point four million for himself. Mm-hmm. Of the forty five years he served, five of them. A what? Five years. A forty five. Yep. Mm. Yep, and was paroled in nineteen ninety four. He was able to get out so early because he was he was eligible for parole. But the judge in his case during sentencing had said, "quote Those of us who do have a religion are sick of being saps for money grubbing preachers and priests," which like is true. But this was used as evidence in his like because the judge
1: hated mm-hmm. him so much it was used as like like he got it wasn't impartial <gasps> exactly.
0: Son so of a it was bitch. used as evidence. That the judge had injected his own religious beliefs into sentencing and was not impartial during sentencing. Yeah. Yeah. Which sucks because, like, that judge was right, but it's like, you got it. You can't say that shit in court on record. Like, go home and fucking complain about it. (gasps) Yeah. I know. So Tammy Faye had stood by her man until he was a prisoner, <laughs> and uh, the two divorced in 1992. Uh, I think a lot of that was the result of the assault allegations. Yeah. They got super canceled, and she was like, "I got to step away from all of this.
2: Move on." Both Tammy. bakers remarried. She
0: Yes, yeah, she did. That's she did. What I'm she saying. remarried. Don't feel
2: bad. Yeah. Move on. Well, I Leave mean, Jim and the dust. A, he sucks. She had I mean, She was it. guilty. Don't feel too, bad about leaving Jim. Yeah. yeah. She had a lot to feel bad yes, about, but not for leaving Jim too, Baker. But I'm just saying, he's yep. in jail for a long time. Well, she thought he was in nope. jail for a long time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she Bye-bye thought. is the point. <laughs> Bye-bye.
0: Exactly. <laughs> all, all, yes, that. God. So both Bakers remarried, and in 2003, Jim Baker revived his televangelist career with the Jim Baker Show. And it's—I'm pretty sure it's still running. Like this time, rather than leaning into the quote prosperity theory of his original, you know, if you religious believe in crap, God enough
1: and if you are giving enough of your what you already have, then God will
0: reward to me.
2: you mm-hmm. on this earth and in the Stop. next. Stop! I'm getting hives. Yep, I hate so it. So he
0: walked away from <laughs> that because that. that's what kind of that got him in financial Mm. hot water in the first place so he's like i'm not i'm not going down that road again so this time now he devotes his time to preaching apocalypticism Mm. the good stuff get out your calculators and your calendars Mm -hmm. yeah literally so i'm gonna leave you with this because it's the best image ever once more from wikipedia quote his show has a millennial survivalist focus and sells buckets of freeze dried food to his audience in preparation He's for Alan the show. It's the
2: millennial esque eschatism or
0: whatever the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> also,
2: yes. it's 2023. You're a bit late, I know. Jim. I know.
0: <laughs> fuck. And he also now claims that PTL does not stand for Praise the Lord, but for Prophets Talking Loud. Loud, okay. K- L- Fucking ish. Just go. Loudly? Nope. Talking loud. Nope.
1: <laughs> Says nope. the enraged English major.
2: Prophets talking loud. I'm done. I'm done. <gasps> Me too. Bye-bye. That's my case. That's the point.
1: Bye bye. That's my
2: case.
0: <laughs> Oh, god. disgusting oh I'm not rolling wow oh my wow. god
2: the earth has literally shifted beneath your feet no
0: I was stuck on a cord I'm
2: exhausted
1: this was amazing thank you Nelly thank you Samantha Parkington thank uh, you to the entire American Girl Doll community oh <laughs> and, my god and, and we will talk to you next week say you next week
3: bye bye